0: Welcome to the Buker and Friends Podcast. Co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Couple club fakes, leads in, shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Oh, Hollins, Hollins climbs the stairs.
1: Down the floor. Ryan oh, Hollins, oh. he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down.
0: And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Bucher. Rick Bucher. Welcome to another edition of Bucher & Hollins, subsidiary of Buker & Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Bucher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Rick Buker He is Ryan Hollins. You can see him on ESPN, TNT, NBA TV. He's everywhere. And you can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins and on Instagram at simply Ryan Hollins. All right. It's been a been a minute since you and I have been able to get together and a lot has transpired uh when it comes to the playoffs. The first the first question I have for you is watching the Eastern Conference, we've had Two games in each series, and they have been lopsided both ways. They've been blowouts. Can you explain to me why those those matchups or why we've
1: seen it go the way that it has? Well, Rick, for one, I haven't even gotten to the point of the gameplay. But as an outlook, hmm. this is the greatest second round of the NBA playoffs that we have ever seen. You think Top so? To bottom, the greatest second round of the NBA playoffs that we've we've ever, ever seen. And, and I hope we just get seven-game series just uh, across the board. Seven game after seven game after seven game, bro.
0: Now that's based on what? What makes you feel that way? Because I going in, I had hoped for that. Some of the play has not been that great. And because we've had blowouts, because we've had these games that have swung so dramatically one way or the other, it hasn't been as drama-filled as I had hoped it
1: would be. No, no, no. You're, you're right. The drama hasn't been there. But as far as the star power, we got the Eastern Conference semifinal we've been begging for. Mm-hmm. And, and Boston had us a little worried, bro. But we we got the, the Eastern Conference semifinal we, we've been begging for. Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, and, uh, and who am I? Made? Who was I? Mean, it was Philly. Oh, yeah, Boston, Philly Boston,
0: Milwaukee, and, and Toronto, uh, now,
1: listen, Philly. Yeah, in the West the team that definitely disappointed there's a whole side of the bracket with zero star power since russell westbrook and those guys couldn't share the basketball and and defend and do the little things they they grossly disappointed but but we got the performance of a lifetime from damian lillard so i i he lillard's kind of made himself a name where i kind of like i want to like for real like i want to watch what he's going to do next like he's he's really intrigued and i I haven't felt that way about him before, Rick. I don't know if I'm late to the party, but I just hadn't felt that way like, yo, what's he going to do in the playoffs? Wow, last second shot, give him the ball. Make it happen. Damian
0: has grown on me, but Damian has grown, period. When they got blitzed by the New Orleans Pelicans and they lost to basically just a big backcourt in Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo, to me – that that was why they were upset, is because those two were able to shut down CJ and Damian, and the battle between Nurkic and AD was not a battle. AD got the better par- part of that, and so the the Blazer strength simply wasn't there, and I think that's where uh, Damian extending his range began. Because if mm. you're going to get matched up against big guys, like he was against Paul George at the end, you're not going to come all the way out to 37 feet. If you come out to 35, 35 feet, now I'm going to go by you. So you got to give me room to get this off. I, I, I honestly believe that the, the losing the series the way they did is he was looking for an antidote for that, and he found it. So I don't know that you're late to the party. I believe that Damien has just, step by step, has grown. And so we're seeing it. And it, this is what kind of amazes me. Um, the guys on inside the NBA, not that Kenny and Charles and Shaq are always on point, but I, I, I respect Kenny a lot. I think Kenny really puts the time in to know what he's talking about. You don't respect Charles? But Charles still... I, I like Charles. I like Charles. And I like to watch Charles, and I like to listen to Charles. Do I think that Charles is fully in tune with the game today? I think he still references everything based on what happened in his day, and it's fun. But I don't know that it's necessarily
1: accurate, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just laughing, man. You're crazy. You're just, well. You're not crazy, but you're you're honest, that I'm I'm just tickled by that. So no, seriously, like when I'm at the TNT studios, yeah, like like bro, behind the scenes like the like they're on air and they're off air is the same banter just just yes. minus minus some language obviously. Yes. But it's bro it's the same like it's gen, like those dudes are genuine like Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and I love it. And I mean it's 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 a great show and I I love talking to Charles but like if I'm looking for someone to give me insightful analysis I'm going to Kenny. I'm not going to Chuck. If I want to be entertained, I'm going to Chuck. So all that said, those guys are, are talking about the Blazers coming out of the West, which I'm just... I don't want to say no because it's a great story, but I have a hard time...
1: Excuse me, out of the West that. or just to the conference finals? No,
0: out of the West. They see them going to the finals. Who said that? They've, they've said that.
1: They've, And I think they are... I, I they heard are maybe to the conference finals. They they are on the Blazers. <laughs> maybe to the conference finals. I I didn't hear beating Golden State. No, I
0: I heard they're oh, going yeah. to
1: the finals. Oh, stop. So stop. <laughs> stop, stop, stop
0: it. But here's the thing. It's funny watching. What well, I I've been with the Warriors. I was with the Warriors down for Game Six against the Clippers. I was at Games One and Two. Uh, against the Rockets. In the last game, Steph Curry takes yet another injury, dislocates the middle finger on his his left hand. Uh, I love the way he came out. He was like, I'm going to show you this is not going to affect my shot. and it And it kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but my bigger question is it affecting his handle because he needs to be able, you know, he's got that seesaw. He needs to be able to handle with his left as well as his right, and but this is the this is these these nicks and dings. This is exactly what I expected. The Clippers taking them a couple more games than than they expected that it would take for them to get through that round. I don't think this is going to be a short series, even though the Warriors are up two zero, and I just feel as if by the time they get to the finals, and yes, I still have them getting to the finals, that. Steve Kerr will have had to ride his main horses so much to get there that they are going to be they're gonna they're gonna be sitting ducks when it comes to facing Toronto
1: or or the Celtics. You don't so whoa, 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 Rick, so in some magic way Toronto's not gonna get beat up. Boston's not gonna get beat up. Like I think they have the <laughs> I think they ha, one
0: one they have the depth and two. I don't expect that, like, for all that the Warriors have been through through the last four or five years, and the short, I mean, they, look, Steve's having to start either Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston. One of those two guys is starting every game now. When he goes to his bench, beyond the guy who's not starting, who's there that you look at and say, okay, I know I can count on I'm going to get X, Y, or Z from, no offense, but Jonas Derepko? Alfonso McKinney, it, it's, what are you getting? And so he's having to ride his horses hard, and whatever KD is on right now is really making a huge difference. But I just, they're compromised. Clay's playing on a bad ankle. Steph's playing on a bad ankle. Now he has a bad finger. And I would expect your chances are you're going to see somebody else get nicked or dinged along the way. And they they just can't afford it. Their margin of error is thinner than it's ever been.
1: So, Rick, I hear you on age. I I hear you on that. And I I do agree that this is going to be their hardest championship ever, The, the hardest one they've ever got. But I don't think that they don't get it. And if you want to look at an element here of Steph Curry, if I'm Steph Curry, would I rather come off a, a busted ankle or a, or a busted knee or whatever, hmm. or just really missing real time, or would I rather have a broken finger?
0: Oh, the finger without question.
1: Well, Especially I, if it's on your non-shooter. Right, exactly. So, hey, I, I tell you one thing. Steph is looking at this finger thing, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, thank you. This is it. Thank you. Well,
0: thank well, you. Hopefully, this. Hopefully this is it. But, you, but you also, we also know that with Steph, like Steph utilizes everything that he's got. He utilizes his handle to create his shot. He utilizes his ambidexterity. He's finishing with either hand. And so when you start to take a few of these things away, when you start to limit just a little bit what he does in the scope of who the Warriors are. I mean, I'm not trying to be Chicken Little. I've been saying this all year. But as I watch them get nicked and dinged along the way and taking a couple extra games to get past the Clippers, this is exactly what I thought the recipe would be for them to get knocked off. When they have their five out there, their ability to lock down, the way their offense runs, it's still better than anybody else's. There's no question about that. The the value of their experience and their understanding of each other is greater than it's ever been before but can they last through what another what do they need another 10 wins and you, how many games does it take them yeah, to get those 10 great. wins
1: this is what's tough with the warriors and i saw this in the Clippers series and i, I feel like a lot of people aren't giving the clippers they the, they're just due their credit it was ah well, it, it was more so golden states lost it And, like, you know, okay, the Clippers are this scrappy group. Yeah. The Clippers push the Warriors, bro. And the one thing that I saw that I actually really respect, and maybe I I overlooked it from the Warriors, and I I know you're overlooking, Hmm. they, they will win different styles of games. And Kerr just gets bullheaded in certain moments. It's that kind of, like, I don't know if he wants to humble his team or whatever, but... Sometimes he won't make adjustments purposely and be like, well, I just think we're just good enough. We're just good enough. And then he'll get down and be like, nah, I really got a coach. We really have to make adjustments. Give me an
0: example. Give me an example.
1: Okay, so for instance, the thought process was in game two, in game one, we have Patrick Beverly on Kevin Durant. Mm. So we're going to run our regular offense. Mm -hmm. And but we're going to run him off pin downs. And when we run him off a pin down, it's a way to get Patrick Beverly off of him. Now, Patrick Beverly now gets off Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant hits some shots. They come out with the same damn game plan the very next game. And now Patrick Beverly top blocks Kevin Durant. Right. And Kevin Durant's in a, in a bad way. Then in game three, it was like, hold on, we need to find a way to get Kevin shots. And now he puts Kevin in situations where he can catch, take one dribble, and go up and raise up and score. And that was an adjustment, the floor being spread, getting Kevin in some movement scenarios, uh, putting Klay Thompson in certain coverage, actually changing his lineup. He didn't change the lineup until game six. I think Jermichael Green started two games before that lineup was actually changed, Mm -hmm. and Livingston was inserted in. And that, that was a big factor. That was a big factor. And then, and then in, in last, I'll say what impresses me now also is that, and I didn't hear this last year, Kevin Durant grew up in last year's playoffs because there are moments where I don't want to say he was bad, but he wasn't a warrior. And now he's grew up to where Rick, and I'm sure you've seen this, he's accepting, there is some truth in his Kevin Durant, I'm Kevin Durant rant, yeah. where he was like, the ball's going to find me in the offense. Yes. And he didn't have that faith before against Houston, and it darn near cost them the series, and he finally started believing. Yeah.
0: No, I, I also believe he has accepted it. I don't know that he loves it. <laughs> from I mean, if you're looking for one more reason why he would leave the Warriors situation, it's because there's nothing that he enjoys more than putting the ball in the basket. This is from people that have known him since he came into the league like that is the thing that he enjoys and you can see based on what he has done on this run why that is and i i for my money giving him the ball in situations where it's only one or two dribbles to get into a shot is the ideal thing to do i really don't like him and i think we've seen it in these first two games when you give him the ball up top it's not always ideal Especially when he's playing against a smaller defender, no. That dribble gets exposed, and he—he's—I—I'd I'd love to see the 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 metrics on the
1: success rate. I feel like he's bought in, though, Rick. I, I think part of me said, dang I was kind of because I didn't." For real talk, I didn't—I didn't buy into it at first, but after the way I've seen him play, I was kind of like, "Yo, I, I think he bought in." Well, no, 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 no. He's 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 bought in as far as this is the way we play, and I'm
0: going to go along with it. I don't know don't what ideally that that's what he wants to do the rest of his career.
1: Mm. I, so, I, I, think, I think Kevin Durant listening to the media is the reason. I think him personally, I don't think he would have a problem with it. I think he's actually letting the media get to him. Hmm. And I don't mind Kevin Durant striving for more, but I, it does bother me that I feel like there's an element of are you going? It's not fair. It's not fair. I don't respect KD. I don't respect, and that's the way he's gonna say. Well, then I'm leaving. Then you know I'm gonna go. Right.
0: So do you? What do you expect from this series moving forward?
1: Oh man, this this might be this could be ugly, bro. I mean, there's there's an honest potential that Houston goes out in five. Wow. I, 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 it looks like they're gonna go out in five. They just the one thing Chris Paul did really well last year is beat his individual matchups. Yeah. And he scored really well off the bounce. He's improved as a as a three-point shooter off the bounce, which when I played with him, wasn't really in his game like that. Yeah. Uh, he was good finishing at the rim or being crafty, and Chris really lost the step, and that's bothered him in scenarios. They, they don't look like the same dogs going after the they Golden State. They do
0: not. They they have not played that way. I ran into Daryl Morey right, right after the game, and... He was like, We got our asses kicked. And and by the score and by opportunity, I would I would contest that because I felt like they were just a couple shots away. There were opportunities in both of those games where they had shots where they really could have put the pressure on the Warriors. And they missed those shots. And those were shot those shots came from Harden and Chris Paul. They came from their best their best guys. PJ Tucker in game one had wide open, they had wide open shots. They've had opportunities to score much better than they have, even though their their offense has not looked uh, very smooth. But all that said, they haven't played with the energy of somebody trying to knock off the champions.
1: I feel I feel like Golden State outworked them. It's funny you yes. say that, and 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 there's also elements. And I've gone you know in, you know been privileged to move on in some playoff series and there are certain series that test you and get you better and you go dang I need to rebound dang I need to do this and you start you know as a team you check off all the boxes I I need to rebound I need to get 50 50 balls we got to play hard we got to make shots we got we have to re, we do have to do all these things to win we got to defend yeah and then you go on to the next series and you blast your opponent who was not held with the same accountability Utah didn't prepare Houston for Golden State the way that the Clippers prepared Golden State for Houston. That's
0: a good call. That's a really good call. Because the Clippers are far closer to Houston than Utah is to Golden State in terms of just the way they play and what their strengths and weaknesses
1: are. And Utah is so traditional that they don't put you in bad situations defensively the way the Clippers do, the way Golden State does. So Houston's almost like they're taken back. Like, you know, they, it's 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 not the same. I, you, you know what? Dang. I, I, five. Yeah. In five, bro. I'd see Golden State in five. I can't
0: argue with that. I want to see more. And obviously from my argument when it comes to that, you know along the way that all these teams are going to take a piece out of them I do know this I know the Rockets can play far better than they have in the first two games without question now whether they find some of that and to your point when when it with with Chris Paul yeah there's Chris Paul has had opportunities to attack off the bounce and he has relied more on his three point shot than he ever has for whatever reason he's it almost it almost looks like he's afraid to extend himself and blow a hamstring again the way he did last year. That's what it looks like. It looks like a guy who who's playing cautious from a physical standpoint. Uh, I do want to ask you one thing. This just popped in my head seeing Jamal Charles, the running back, go back and sign a one day uh, one day contract with the Kansas City Chiefs so he could retire as a chief and. I was thinking about I was thinking about you and if you were going to if you were going to be remembered in one uniform what would it what, what what's the uniform that you would want to be remembered in?
1: Clipper you' have to be a clipper um and obviously like it's cool working for their broadcast it's cool playing at home in l a. Uh, it was a sexy team to play for. I had more success uh, in Boston. Yeah. Uh, I, was I thought you might piece. say Boston. I was a bigger piece of the team in Dallas. I actually had a game that yeah. won the series. We were – the series was 1-1 or kind of 2-1, and we go up 3-1 and knock the Spurs out the playoffs. Bigger performance. Um, but I would like to be remembered as a Clipper. If I had a retirement – because it was the first time I got to play in front of my father um, as a professional
0: huh.
1: and at home, and to where he didn't have to travel, he didn't have to fly to games, uh, he didn't have to see me once or twice a year when we played the Lakers and the Clippers, or even, you know, maybe four times or sparingly. Um, I got to play in front of my old man, huh. and that meant something. And when I was a Clipper, there it was just there was just something different, man. And I remember I, I can honestly say with a clear conscience, I gave the Clippers one hundred and ten percent. There was nothing left on the floor. There's nothing that I want back. Now, I, I wish I was treated better, treated different. I wish I had more of a role. I wish I was a little more selfish, you know, so to speak. But I, in what way? I was the ultimate team guy. The ultimate team guy is someone you move on from. He's not a core of your team.
0: Right.
1: You know, I, I would sacrifice my shots because I want to make the team play. I want to set the good screen. I want to grab the rebound. It wasn't like, nah, Ryan, make sure you take an open three-pointer. Nah, Ryan, if you got the ball, go to the hole and score. Nah, Ryan, demand the basketball. It was like, do what I need to do to help the team win. Play your role.
0: Okay, but how do you do you think that being selfish would have benefited you
1: yeah i probably would still be on the team or a much more lucrative situation if i had just because you know, of your ben- numbers even yeah absolutely my analytics are horrible the best analytic for me was a plus minus where i'm on the floor the team plays better hmm. you know they don't have analytics for guys who set good screens and in guys who hey when he's on the floor Jamal Crawford gets 10 more shots a game. He gets more open. He shoots a better percentage. Or, hey, you know, he runs the floor and the pace of the game changes. Those analytics uh, aren't what people look for. Or, hey, he boxed out, so Matt Barnes gets the rebound. Well, Matt Barnes averages five, seven rebounds a game. Ryan only averages five. Well, Ryan boxes out so Matt can get the rebound. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So, selfish in that sense because – it is a business. It, it is a numbers game. Yeah. I, I, I was not appreciated for those things. And you know I challenge any NBA player right now to make sure he's selfish. Make sure you give coach what he wants, but you go and get what you need in order to stay in the league. Because all that, I, I assure you right now, every coach darn near 90. I wanna, almost want to say darn near every coach has lied to me. Because they always told you defense gets you on the floor and keeps you on the floor. Nah, buddy offense does. Yeah. You got to be good on defense. But you got to be great on offense. If you're a bucket, <laughs> you're going to be on the floor.
0: Interesting.
1: So it really
0: in spite of all of that, the chance to play in front of your dad was the thing that made playing for the Clippers special. Am I am I
1: Yeah.
0: portraying that correctly?
1: Yeah. It was it was special.
0: And what and and so What's that like in a big arena and you know your dad's there like that? Because it's, it's different, like high school, college, whatever. It's a smaller crowd. You know where everybody is, right? You can.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: And, and you probably could see your dad and, and all that, but it's a much bigger, bigger stage. What was, what was different about playing with him there on... I would say most nights, right? Or uh, compared to when he would only see you once or twice a year?
1: Well, I don't care who you are. It, for any young man, um, and I'll say, you know, even throw young women in there too, but maybe even more instrumental for young men. There's this There's this desire to make your father proud. Hmm. There's this like, hey, look at me, dad. Like, are you proud of me? Are you happy? Yeah. And as a kid, we literally voice it: "Daddy, look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" But even even as a grown man, yeah, you want your old man to look over and smile. Yep. You know that that you know what I'm saying? Like yep. that means something. No. And, and, and I feel like it's bigger, right, Rick? It's bigger than basketball. Yep. And you know, for some some of you, I'm glad my old man would tell me he was proud of me. But there are some people. And maybe I'll you know, shoot a little message then, man. Even if your old man says he's proud of you or not, man, you're doing a good job in whatever you're doing. You know what's making you proud, but, you know, we all live for that. And it's it's pretty cool when you know that affirmation is there on the other side.
0: Right. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I experienced that both ways. My dad never – I never got compliments from him. He was my coach. Mm. I never got compliments from him, but – I and but I I always strive to like I wanted the I, if he said something negative it killed me
1: right? it killed you
0: and yeah, yeah. so uh I, with my kids I'm also sensitive to that because when yeah. they're playing both yeah. of them are in high school now and I they're looking over all the time something wow. happens or whatever and we have those exchanges and I yeah. there was a time where you know I I have high expectations for them and I realized how impactful just my ex- the expression on my face could be and I yeah. knew that they wanted to do well and so for me it became you know what I need to be I need to be encouraging you know if I got yeah. if I got a disgusted look on my face when they miss a free throw like that sends a chill through them right I was yeah. like and every once in a while, I still catch myself. I'm like, "Hold your follow through, or you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is." Right? But my my uh, my kids are terrific, and did I have tried know? to give them what, what you know, what my dad that balance. You know, encourage. Don't be over the top, but let did them you know, know how them I, I feel.
1: Still, Rick, like when you made your dad proud, did you know? Kind of like, yeah, like yeah, I know you saw that old man.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, so, you know.
0: So this is a real quick story. We played this uh, cuz my dad coached me in soccer and um we played the same team on a weekend. It was like a back-to-back, right? And the Saturday game we lost and I didn't play very well. And then the next day I was on it and my dad's way of saying <laughs> that I did a good job in the second game was, you know, the coach came over to me and asked who who, who number thirteen was and was was he even on the team on Saturday, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, that means <laughs> that means I made an impact on Sunday. So,
1: anyways, um, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I give, I give you this real quick, and Rick, I know, I think you touched on this a little bit. My daughter started playing volleyball last year, and I've kind of sworn, because my dad does this with me. I think for this, I'll let them pick up basketball or volleyball or whatever. Yeah. If they choose. Yep. And if they say, "Yo, Dad, help me out," because I know you were a pro athlete, it's on. Right. But until I hear that, right, I'm gonna chill. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Like I'm gonna chill. Right. So my daughter was really struggling in volleyball. It was her first time playing and everything in me wants to go in the backyard, you know, d- do some drills, get some conditioning, you know, get right, some reps right. up, you know, get some extra practice in. And what bothered me with her wasn't that her skill set wasn't there, it's she was getting really intimidated. And I was it was really hard because I was always coached to yell or scream or come on, let's go and like mm-hmm. you get motivated. Mm-hmm. And in the car on the way to her game, I just had to express to her, I don't care how good or bad you are, but I care that you have fun and I care that you're not scared. Right. That you just go for it. I have a problem if you don't go for it. Right. Now, I don't care if you miss a thousand shots or spikes or what it serves or whatever. I don't care if it goes clear, but as long as you go for it, and she had the game of her life, and I felt like as a parent, that was one of my best moments of like, okay, art- I articulated something, yes, and I didn't let my my own selfish emotions get in the way and go, now you gotta do it like this, this is this. you know right. what I'm saying? Like, right, I didn't mess it up, right? You know,
0: yeah. Fathers and daughters is different than fathers and sons, <laughs> oh, gosh. and and I've been through that exact that exact same thing with my daughter and and you know we uh it's funny because like one of our she had a game where i thought she played scared and i said look i don't care how many shots you miss I, like you need to believe in yourself as much as your coach and i believe in you mm and and you need to let things go. Cause she would make a mistake and she would have such high expectations for herself, you could just tell she would wear it. And she made two mistakes in a row. It's like, oh, here we go. And basketball, as you know, man,
1: you now, just is this, can't. Is this you, because of you is this because of you being there? Or is this kind of like she's a perfectionist?
0: I think it's a combination. It's a combination. And so, but I wanted to take my part out of it. But anyway, so I really it was it was uh, a drive home and I let her have it and and at the, at the end I, I was like okay this is going to go one of two ways and we got out of the car we got home we pulled into the driveway and we got out of the car and she came over and she gave me a hug and she said thank you for believing in me and mm. I was like okay cool. <laughs> then it, it uh, the message got through the the way i wanted it to cuz i kind of i ping pong back and forth between look you're better this is up on this is on you like you have to take the bull by the horns and this is why i believe that you can but this is what's got this is what's got to happen and uh so yeah we've 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 gone through a lot on that front all right i i do want to get to actually you know what i i want to ask you has will kane apologized to you yet
1: Absolutely not. His apologies come in like a weird way. So maybe like, maybe when I ke- went on the show, he kind of was like, uh, yeah, you were kind of right. Uh, yeah. It was kind of <laughs> like that. He was like, oh, you're you're gloating. You're tooting your horn now. Like he kind of, I, w- I went on earlier this week and he, that, that that's kind of like what he said.
0: Okay. So, so for those who don't know, going into the Milwaukee-Boston series, Ryan said what he said all year long, which is, that Giannis is going to struggle in in the postseason, and <laughs> will dismiss that, dismiss the idea that Kyrie Irving was a better closer than Giannis. I mean, said a lot of things that were that were just was crazy talk. It was I feel as almost as if he painted pushed painted himself into a corner, and then he had no choice but to say some things that. There's no way that he actually believed them. There's no way you're actually, in, and then you had uh, uh, Dominique Fox Foxworth.
1: Oh yeah, and then clearly, oh I forgot, and then he was like, so Chris Middleton isn't better than Chris Paul? No. Yeah, right now Chris Middleton is better than Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. There was there were there were oh, a lot so of much. There's, there's a lot. You're right about that.
0: <laughs> a lot of things said that I anybody who watches basketball with it was it was Will just not trying to lose face in the argument at the time and i'm thinking and
1: and, this is ryan hollins
0: you you know you do know you're talking to a former nba player right
1: rick you are i swear i swear we think so much the same the first thing i told him on the show is like and this is his answer look i said will i never want to pull this card but a lot of things that I say come from thousands and thousands of hours of me sure. studying film and scouting sure. reports. So sometimes I I have opinions. Think I like it, I don't like it. But there's certain things like like I don't want to just say I know no, but it's like you can see like right. this. Not the way the game is played. And I'm right. not saying I'm all knowing. And then he's like, well, you can you can be wrong sometimes. That was his way of saying like you were right. But I was just like, Will, I'm not trying to. I'll say stun on you. I'm not trying to big time you, but right. I'm like certain things were adamant for them. And, and remember the very first statement I made, I said, everything is going to go through Bledsoe and Middleton for them to have success. Yeah. And what are things going through when those two had success? Yep. Yep. Bledsoe and Middleton. Giannis, yep. yeah, he's going to be good, but he's not the guy right now. And right. hopefully he develops into it.
0: I run into the same thing all the time, and I don't want to big time anybody, or I don't want to, you know, people come at me in social media or wherever it might be. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't want to take a, you don't know what you're talking about attitude. You're right. Yeah. I want to yes. have an exchange, but there are things that are said that based on covering the league for, I mean, I just, the ESPN, the magazine just um was just shuttered and that was a big stepping stone for me that's how I got to ESPN and I went back and I looked up the first feature story I ever wrote October 1998 and it was during the lockout with a Reggie Miller and a Mark Jackson and a rookie named Al Harrington and Larry Bird in his second year as the head coach and it it just reminded me, like, and I went and saw them. The team was working out during the lockout because Larry had kind of tipped them off. Hey, you, you guys need to be ready because when, when the lockout's over, it's suddenly going to be go time. And there are going to be a lot of teams that aren't ready. And if we're ready, we're going to have an advantage. And so I flew to Indy and spent some time with those guys. And ESPN the Magazine afforded me to do that, not only with NBA teams, but around the world. Sent me to China, South Africa, Germany,
1: Dang. Serbia. You just, you just dated something for me, bro. I forgot. ESPN the magazine. Yes. there was ESPN the magazine. I yes. forgot about that. Yes. Dang. So,
0: I like I've spent all this time having you know by by great fortune having this intimate relationship with the NBA behind the scenes with people in the NBA watching things in the NBA and so there's just this 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 knowledge that you get just from seeing things and seeing how they work and granted the game has changed and you do have to stay current with how the game's evolving some of the principles we just talked about Chuck in his view like there are principles about the game that do change and you have to understand that, yeah. Fifteen years ago, the three point shot that wasn't
1: that, wasn't it wasn't look. what
0: it is today.
1: Hey, bro, we used to. True story. We would look at three point shooters as soft. Yeah, he's soft. It was like if you were a shooter, it was like kind of like oh, he's soft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we needed a tough guy who could make shots.
0: Right, a, a Mario Ellie. Yeah, Yeah! 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 <laughs> right (laughs) yep gotta be able to hit that shot but it was really about can you get to the or vince ask you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh yeah no it's it's so it's a combination but man there are times where i i feel like i'm having a conversation with somebody who's start who's watched basketball for like the last five years and they want to tell me no you don't know what you're talking about and i'm thinking dude i I don't want to pull a card on you but I've seen, I've seen this, like, I've seen iterations of this nine times over, and, you know, somebody wants to throw analytics at me. I'm like, the chemistry of a team, understanding how a team works, the bond of a team, the, the guys understanding and how they fit together in their roles on the floor, like, all of that matters way more than looking at statistics. You wanna, you, you're coming at me with percentages, I'm like, dude, it, it doesn't that that doesn't explain how a team works.
1: So, but No, I cr- I credit you, Rick. I mean, you know, straight up, I played in the league 10 years, nine different teams, 13 different NBA coaches, and when you talk, you know your stuff, Rick. Hmm. when you know we it, it's it's funny we actually have to find stuff to disagree on and sometimes they're really strong disagreements but you, you no, you are on point bro I, I would not lie to you or like you know sometimes there's certain and, and this is no disrespect my job is to be a damn analyst okay so let's not get out of rick you're a writer i'm an analyst okay right. and, and sometimes those those paths cross and in our instance they cross a lot because we obviously we do this show together but I don't have to stop and explain, like, nah, Rick, that's not, like, you're already on the same page, like, no, this works because this works and this works. Or they won because of that. You get it, Rick. I, I will strongly credit you with that. No, I appreciate that.
0: But, I, you know, it's, that's simply because I was given the opportunity by people in the league. I, You know, I know I didn't play in the league, uh, and but I've competed, so I do I do know how to think like an athlete. And yep. and I'll take that and then thanks to people
1: explaining hey, well, you things would, to me. You would never get a single story if you couldn't because there's yeah. unwritten rules to the game. Yeah, And when you come and talk to a guy, if you don't know those unwritten rules, bro, yep. I'm not trusting you to tell my story yeah. because you're going to slam me. Or you're gonna make something that it's not, yeah. and I don't trust you anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's yeah, it's interesting because I just I just went to Game Two of the Rockets Warriors, and I went with a guy named Doc Shepler, who is a legendary high school coach in the Bay Area. Um, he's taken a a little private school of two hundred. He's taken their girls' var- varsity to. The Cal Open State Finals two years in a row, they've won NorCal right. both years. They lost in the finals both of those years. He um, uh, he he worked with Jeremy Lin. He worked with Patrick McCall. He's a great he's a great coach and he's a great shooting coach in particular. And we were actually having this conversation during the game because he was saying uh, that he was asking me about you know why. I was able to kind of have the connection that I have with guys in the league and and he thought it was because and I, and it, well I said it was because I think if you if you don't if you've never been an athlete or if you've never competed or you've never been in competitive situations, you ask different questions, and the second you ask a question where a guy goes uh oh, that, that's he doesn't know. Like what this is about, <laughs> yeah. right? You just yep. like it's so wrongheaded that you just you can't get anywhere. And the flip side is, oh, he gets it. He understands what I'm trying to do, or he understands what I'm facing, and you get a completely different buy-in uh, when it comes to that. I, I just did this Blake Griffin piece, and I, I'm I'm sure that a big part of that was me understanding exactly what he was doing in Detroit and how evolved his game was there and that he had the opportunity to do that they gave him the keys and he just he played such a surreal and i know i know this was the the thing that got him to open up is i said you know i'm just i just admire what a cerebral game you're playing and that as i found out that was what he had always wanted to be acknowledged because of the way he's built he's so athletic you know he's a dunker and uh, Shaq and I kind of had the same thing early on. Like I said, I said to him, "Zip, like you know, everybody thinks you just dunk." I go, "Your game's way, way more evolved than that." And understanding that, or seeing that, and recognizing that when nobody else is giving you credit for that, that's been, I think, why I've had the chance to get guys to open up and tell me like what's really going on. So
1: Blake is not, one of the smartest. He's one of the smartest players I've ever played with.
0: Boy and if you have a conversation and and I got the chance to find that out because we we had some conversations about some of the like the the inside of the game like what he's thinking in certain situations and how he's setting guys up and uh yeah it was it's fascinating once you get there cuz you realize just how much is going on and how much a guy is reading reacting within the speed and the athleticism and the physicality of the game. There's some real mental manipulation going on. And I don't you know, for our listeners, if this turned into a, you know, wow, Buker's great kind of soliloquy here, apologies. <laughs> didn't didn't mean for it to go that way. I uh, trust me, I'm I'm confident in what I do, but I try to remain humble as well. I know I don't know everything and and I learn a lot from Look, there's times where people on Twitter or listeners or whatever, they do challenge me and they do get me to think about things that maybe I hadn't considered. I'm you always, know what
1: disappointed me, Rick? What? wasn't just much Will Kane. Will Will disappoints me all the time. <laughs> what, <laughs> what disappointed me was the way I was harassed. Yeah. The way I was harassed on social media – People, there are some people. YouTubers made a video that said Ryan Hollins is stupid. Literally, yeah. just like that was the caption. Yeah. Like, like, and literally after game one, nothing. Oh, you're Crickets. never
0: gonna. Yeah. If you're waiting for I, satisfaction, you might as well forget it. You're not. You know not me, that.
1: Will. I don't. Excuse me. I did not call you Will. That's the worst thing I could have called you. I'm sorry, Rick. Um. I'm a man of integrity, bro. Like, I like the competition. It's healthy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still thrive for the competition to a sense.
0: And, and, now, and doing live hey, TV and, and and debating on TV is as right? close to competition you're, as you're going to get in and, our medium.
1: Oh, yeah. It, 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 and, and when somebody like, hey, good job, bro. You know what? You were right. Yeah. Like, to me, the integrity means something. Sure. Like, if I'm wrong on something, come back and say I was wrong. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what? I didn't see Dallas blowing it up, but I told you I really liked Dallas a whole lot because I love Luka. Boom. I told you before the season we broke down, I see the Pistons in the playoffs. Boom. I told you there was something about Memphis I really liked. Well, for a span, they were really likable. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) there were certain things like that stuck through. Did I drop the ball on a couple of teams? Yeah. Was I right on Phoenix? I didn't know what the heck they were. Well, they were just really bad. Yeah.
0: By the way, yeah. As an aside, I, I, I'm. I feel bad for Igor Kokoskov and and Joe Prunny and and that whole staff because I thought those guys under the circumstances did about as much as they could with where they were.
1: Agreed. 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 You you you. It's dude. It's a it's a mess over there. It's a it, their owner. He's got a. He got to get some stuff. He he has to get his stuff together, man.
0: But what does it say about the Lakers situation? And we'll wrap up on this. What does it say about the Lakers situation? That Monty could have that job if he wanted it. And it sounds like as of right now, for what I've been told is, he's had people tell him, don't step into that. That he would take the Phoenix job over the Lakers job. Think about that. Think about that.
1: Strong to the Lakers. It's a setup. You would not have choice, but as a, if I'm a general manager, Rick, or I'm a coach, yeah. I want to go to the rebuild because now I put my stamp on the success. I didn't win with your guys. I didn't win because of him. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. got to think this is, this is a guy who's regarded right now because he was instrumental in building up Anthony Davis. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So everybody thinks, oh, go where the star is. No, that's a setup for you to get your butt but uh, well, you know especially this fired. star
0: especially this star cuz the expectations <laughs> that come along with him are oh, so yes. high yes. and especially now i you know i have my greater greater doubts than i ever have that he can deliver on those no it is it's trap it's a trap for sure all right that does it for this episode of buker and holland subsidiary of buker and friends part of the united wecast network Uh, keep in mind, we need about I think a dozen more reviews and then we will be giving away our next bag of prizes so uh, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes or wherever uh, rate us, just hit the number of stars you want to give us if you want to leave a comment, great, we always love to hear from you and then screenshot that to us at Buker Friends and you'll be eligible to win some prizes and we're talking about a really small pool of people, like less than a hundred, so Your chances are very good of winning, better than most, if you join. So please do. In the meantime, uh, in our next podcast, we will continue our conversation about the playoffs. We're going to get another look at Toronto and Philadelphia. We really haven't talked about that series at all. And I also want to get into, we should talk a little bit about if KD goes to New York, how much do they need? What, what what are his chances in New York? We see him playing the way he's playing. How much more would they need for them to be a factor in the Eastern Conference? We'll get into both of those in our next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.